Jessica Wagner, really excited to have you on Beyond Consulting. I know we've been looking forward to chatting together for some time and glad that we could connect today. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be here. So let's start back at those consulting days. I know you, you did a little bit, at least had some internships before you joined Deloitte, but early career, you spent over four years at Deloitte on the product strategy team. Can you tell us what that looks like and how that team or your projects differed from other types of consulting or consultants? Yeah, definitely. So I did do the Deloitte summer internship between my junior and senior year at Georgetown. Didn't really know what to expect, but I sort of had this mentality of, well, I don't really know what I want to do with the rest of my life. And management consulting seems like a good place to go when you don't want to make that decision right off the bat. So did the 10-week summer internship program at Deloitte. Was actually put on probably the most boring and monotonous project of my entire consulting career. It was building a dashboard for the back office at a large corporate pharmacy entity. So basically spent 10 weeks kind of refining, testing, and optimizing a single screen that displayed data on how many prescriptions needed to be filled, how many needed to be checked by a pharmacist, et cetera. So all that to say, it wasn't the most rewarding product experience. But culturally, it was awesome. I felt like I was surrounded by very smart and inspiring people. It was really cool to kind of be part of this summer intern class. So a whole bunch of my peers who were all working on different projects and all having different experiences across different industries and kind of coming back and sharing stories and, and knowledge and collaborating. So that part of it resonated so much with me that I did return after I graduated and was thrown right into a project with Amtrak, actually, which was an interesting one because Amtrak is sort of a hybrid commercial federal entity. So, you know, I worked on that for about six months. That was sort of my first taste of Monday through Thursday travel. I was living in D.C. at the time and going up to Philadelphia. And I feel like I really got my footing there, kind of got used to being in the zone Monday through Thursday, then being back in the home office on Friday and doing more kind of heads down internal and admin stuff. And from there, you know, just bounced to a, a whole bunch of different accounts, definitely very different than the work that I did post consulting in that I felt like on the whole, the, the provocations handed to the team that I worked with were fairly nuanced. So, you know, help us optimize conversion or revenue generation for this one small flow or this this one small piece of this much larger experience. Whereas today, the problems we tackle are more holistic. Like let's completely reimagine, you know, how users engage with Six Flags digitally, or let's completely reimagine how users buy skincare bundles on Clinique.com. So that was an interesting way to start, kind of just start very myopic and very small and then kind of take a step back as my career progressed. But again, I think what I saw that first year at Deloitte and then really throughout my entire tenure there was just really, really great teams of people working together really well. So I would say that the benefit and the value that I got out of my time there was more people and process oriented than actually pertinent to the problems I solved and the engagements and the products that I worked on. How separate at Deloitte is a product strategy team from the general strategy team? Are you working very closely with them or is it completely separate projects or is it a standalone unit? I want to understand that dynamic within Deloitte. Yeah, so I believe I would, I, well, 
I don't know, I could be misremembering. This was many years ago. But I think I was actually technically aligned with the strategy and operations arm of the business. At first, I was just in a more product strategy role. And then once I'd been there for a little while, I actually started working with Delight Digital, which is a piece of the company that works in a fashion that's much, much, much more akin to kind of the digital agency environment that I'm in today. So just generally speaking, I would say my role at Deloitte was a little more business analyst oriented than product management. But I think the common denominator between the two is that emphasis on product strategy, which is a little more nuanced than business strategy. So we're not necessarily thinking about things like top level monetization, right? Or supply chain optimization, which were things I was thinking about at Delight. Today, we're thinking more about, you know, how do we optimize this user experience such that we increase retention and and people come back and use this app or this website or this, you know, IoT hardware experience over and over and over. One thing that I find really interesting about the product strategy space is that the parts of the business that you touch changes quite a bit depending on the business itself, right? So if you're, I think you brought up Six Flags, of course, the product itself is going to be part of a much larger entity. But some of the smaller companies out there, especially maybe app-based companies, the product is the entire company. So whenever you work for smaller product-focused businesses, Are you working on more general strategy because the company is essentially a product? And then whenever you move to these larger companies that have product as a part of the company, does the scope narrow in those cases? Yes and no. And that's a great question because many companies will start with sort of the product as their foundational element of their business and the product KPIs kind of equal the business KPIs. And then as the company grows, perhaps those business KPIs bump up a level. But I really do think that the two are kind of fundamentally and inextricably linked. Because today, when even stores who have decades and decades and decades of successful brick and mortar experience, and I'm, I'm kind of just leaning into e-com and retail as an example here, but I do think this kind of transcends industries. Even if people are used to going to these stores and sort of seeing this brand presence out in the wild today, just given the environment and given the way that people engage with brands, digital is just so heavy. If you have a terrible e-commerce experience on mobile and on web, it doesn't really matter how great your stores are, you're behind. And I think because of that, companies do tend to elevate and be thoughtful about and take their you know, KPIs, their metrics, and their top-level strategies for their digital products and experiences very, very seriously. So I can maybe share one anecdote that, that sheds a little light on this. So one client that I have been working with for almost a couple of years now at my current company and in my current role is Victoria's Secret. Victoria's Secret, you know, obviously have been around for a very, very long time, has a very strong brand presence and reputation out in the marketplace. And over the past several years, they've actually been trying to kind of reposition themselves as a little more inclusive, a little more authentic, more of kind of a, a safe space where all women are welcome. And this is something that really just goes beyond brand presence. It's something that they're trying to kind of bleed down through their entire omni-channel customer experience. So they want it to manifest on web, on mobile, in stores, in the way that they engage with the world on social media. So over the past year, they have been revamping their loyalty program. So this is loyalty in the mechanical sense, a new credit card and kind of points structure, which launched very recently, just a few weeks ago. But something that we partnered with them on is how do we create a space on the mobile apps, the Victoria's Secret and Pink mobile app, 
to basically generate customer engagement in a way that transcends the e-commerce experience. So how do we get people to open the app and engage with their brand even when they're not looking to buy something? So we did a whole bunch of, you know, brainstorming and prototyping and thinking through different concepts and testing them with customers and landed on this sort of <laughs> Reddit style community forum. So it's a space in the apps where users can come in and they can go into these sort of subspaces that are thematic and discuss things from fashion to beauty to kind of more general health and wellness, asking some of the VS ambassadors. And it's gotten really great engagement so far. And I think this is just a really good example of if you create a really good product or even a really good feature within a really good product, it elevates the customer experience in a way that really transcends just these digital touch points and therefore very, very directly and quantifiably drives value for that overarching business. Even for a brand like Victoria's Secret, which has been around for so long that I think you might, you know, at a whim say, okay, we could kind of decouple these products from this sort of umbrella level company. Thank you for that, Jessica. That was a really helpful story and anecdote to help us just understand what your day-to-day -day looks like and what someone could expect if they moved into a product or product strategy focused role. The digital products are always kind of pushing the envelope whenever it comes to new features, better ways to interact with users, all sorts of ways, right? Whenever you're having these brainstorming sessions, how often are you pulling older ideas when you're saying, hey, this has worked for this company or, hey, let's use this case and apply it here. It's a similar situation. Let's use it. It should work versus coming up with net new ideas because new technology comes out, new research and those kind of things. I would actually say not very often. We do kind of approach every engagement in a fairly sort of bespoke way. Obviously, there are thematics that kind of align with the next-gen technologies of the moment. So, you know, right now we're doing a lot of concepting around generative AI. A couple of years ago, we did a lot of concepting around blockchain, but our sort of holistic mentality to problem solving. And I say problem solving because we always start new projects with a problem. In, in the digital agency space, every client that walks in our door comes in with a problem. It could be, you know, what should we build next? It could be, we're getting really bad feedback on our mobile app. We need to completely reimagine it. But we always reframe it as a problem. And we always begin with sort of our modified version of the Google Ventures design sprint. So I think out of the box, that's a, a five-day framework. We have condensed it to four. But same bread and butter, right? It's four days where we do kind of ideation, solutioning, rapid prototyping. And then the final day is actually putting the prototype in front of five customers and getting feedback. So at the end of that initial week, we have not only really defined the challenge with our client, but we've also come up with several solution directions, picked one, prototyped it and then theoretically validated it with real customers. And sometimes it lands and we're like, okay, you know, this is great. Let's sort of proceed and build out what we've started. And sometimes it doesn't. And that's just as helpful because we then know these assumptions that we made out of the gate are wrong and, and people don't actually want this. And this isn't a problem that they're actually facing. And perhaps we pivot to this instead. So the Victoria's Secret example came from your work at Fueled, where you are now and where you've been for the past five years. But we're still talking about clients, even though this is post Deloitte. Tell us about the transition out of Deloitte, and then we can dive into what your role is at, at Fueled and your career there, because I'd be interested to hear 
how it differs from consulting and the different types of problems that you're solving now versus when you were at Deloitte? Yeah, sorry about that. Kind of jumped from A to D. <laughs> I will say, though, it, it is kind of binary for me just looking back on my career. So I started at Deloitte where I was doing sort of one flavor of consulting and, and frankly, really a one permutation of product management. You know, giant company, lots of sort of predefined structures, methodologies, very formulaic approach to projects. And when I left Deloitte, which honestly, I just kind of hit a point where I'd been there for a while. I was pretty burned out. I was tired of traveling. I wanted to just not pack a suitcase for a week. And frankly, during my time at Deloitte, I kind of identified product management as precisely what I was interested in. So I would say it was only a slice of what I was doing at Deloitte. And oftentimes at Deloitte, we would kind of be brought in in a way that prepended product management. So we would do something more business strategy oriented. And then the output of our work would be a recommendation that perhaps entailed a product build. And then somebody else would actually take on that build, whether it was you know, another team or often a, a Deloitte subcontractor. But I'd seen the build piece executed enough to know that that's what I wanted to do. I, I didn't want to just do kind of the idea generation. I actually wanted to do the concepting, the validation, the build out, the launch, really see kind of the output of the very top level consulting recommendations manifest as products in the wild that people were touching. So I sort of identified that as what I would like my next step to be. And frankly, I didn't really know how to start. Product management is sometimes difficult to break into. Even today, many of the product managers that I hire for my team are either former engineers or former designers. And I was neither. I was kind of this you know, a consultant trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So I just started networking. I just started kind of going to events, uh, you know, even like startup oriented events, VC events in the tech space and talking to people. And I ended up meeting this guy who had started his career at Accenture and then gone to Frog Design and then gone to IDEO, made a couple more jumps and eventually started his own agency, which actually was sort of acquired and transformed, so no longer exists. But I kind of hit it off with him. He understood what it was like to start in consulting and sort of the foundational skills that you built there. And he also understood how difficult it sometimes was to transition from consulting to sort of the, the space and the specific role that I was interested in. So he ended up bringing me on to his 40 to 50-ish person boutique digital agency shop in New York, which was a complete pendulum shift in the other direction from Deloitte. So I joined as a product manager there. At one point, I was the only product manager. And then we brought on somebody else who kind of supported me towards the end of my time there. And I was honestly like pretty shocked by a few things. The first one was just the speed at which these agencies operate. There was just absolutely no overhead. Things were switching constantly. It was super frustrating at first, but you know, now it's kind of a non-starter to me. I, I don't like that operational fad. I don't like red tape. I don't like bureaucracy to be totally transparent. And the other thing that kind of shocked me is I think when I was at Deloitte, I took for granted how much weight that name carried. And as I started to get involved in sort of the pitch process and the sort of positioning ourselves to potential clients and, you know, identifying opportunities, I realized how much elbow grace you actually had to put in to win work when you weren't at like a large global consultancy with a very strong brand presence. But 
I actually think it's a super interesting challenge. It, it means that you can't just come in there and kind of flex your process muscles. It means that you actually have to be strategic about it. You have to come in and say, hey, we've done kind of a top level diagnostic of your business and a UX teardown of your product. And we think that you can optimize here or we think you could build this or add this feature and it would have this impact. And hey, look, we did a little visual brainstorm and put together some mock-ups for you which I think is really fun, but it's definitely hard. (laughs) And for everyone you win, you lose a few. So again, just requires a little elbow grease, but was just incredibly rewarding for me to A, be involved in so many more pieces of the business, B, sort of see these products come to life end to end, and then C, just have a lot more kind of meaningful FaceTime with real customers so that I genuinely felt like I was building experiences and delivering value to them in ways that solved kind of like real human problems for real humans. The clients that you work with now at Fueled, would they have considered working with Deloitte on the same problems? I guess what I'm curious about here is, are you solving very different problems now from what Deloitte and maybe your larger competitors solve, or are you competing directly with them? Sometimes, but not super often. I would say most of the time when we find ourselves in like a competitive RFP process, we're typically up against people who we consider more of our peers, right? Just smaller, more boutique digital agencies. But it's not uncommon that, you know, we'll be part of a pitch process and the client will let on, oh, you know, we also have Accenture or McKinsey or whoever. And I would definitely not equate our services as one-to-one. I think the way that we operate is very different from these large consulting firms. But fundamentally, there is an element of like, we can do the same thing and they can do the same thing. And if it's a bigger enterprise company who has an existing relationship with one of these consultancies, <laughs> that, that always complicates things. But at the end of the day, to answer your question, yes. I mean, if you look at it black and white, we build products and they can build products. And if you're comparing apples to apples, it's not the same. But if you're looking for a, a specific output, you could get it in both places. You answered my next question a bit already in your discussion of how you move from Deloitte into a more product-specific company, and you did that through a lot of networking. Thinking about interviews specifically, is there a way that you would recommend consultants frame their experience so that it appeals to product agencies if they're trying to get a job there? Yeah, I think that's a tough question because I think part of the disconnect sometimes, and and this is something I experienced firsthand when I left Deloitte and went to the first agency I worked at. And by the way, after I left that agency, I went to kind of another boutique agency and then I came to Fueled, which I would also describe as a boutique agency. I think that a lot of the semantics aren't transferable. So like I said, when I started Deloitte, I was technically aligned with strategy and operations. If I told that to one of the other hiring managers, I think that they would be like operations. Oh, like financial logistics. I think that the implications when you jump from a big consulting firm to sort of a smaller agency of words like operations and like strategy don't always translate the way that they should. So what I found really useful and honestly, what I kind of focus on a lot when I interview and hire myself today is just problem solving skills. 
And that's my personal approach to hiring. It's less about what people have done and more about what they can do. So before we even have that kind of 30 minute soft, tell me about your experience, tell me about what you're looking for type conversation, we just put them right into a case study, which is hyper realistic, kind of a hypothetical modeled after a real client and super reflective of what people would do on the job. And I will say, at one point in my career, I went through, I thought, you know, maybe I want to try big tech. So I went through the interview process at Google and, and got an offer there that ultimately was not the right fit. But I was really impressed with the questions that they asked during their interview process. And I actually used that to kind of guide the way that I hire as well, because I think they fundamentally tested, can you diagnose a problem, wrap your head around a problem space and show me that you have a thoughtful and kind of framework oriented approach to problem solving. And then in addition, can you be creative about solutioning? Can you think outside of the box? And I share this because I do think those two fundamental skills, problem solving and creative ideation, are kind of the bedrock of what makes people good at management consulting. And those are the skills that you really nurture at these big companies, you know, like Deloitte and McKinsey and Accenture and IBM. I think that people just need to be thoughtful about framing them and, and positioning them as non-consulting skills, as skills that really are applicable across pretty much any industry. Whenever you are hiring for, let's say, another a new product manager and you have a resume in front of you and you see that they're current consultants or former consultants, what's your biggest worry about that person's ability to succeed in the product world? Yeah, that's a great question. It is hands down pace. It's just much, 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 much faster paced. And I don't even mean delivery deadlines, although delivery deadlines, at least in my experience, are way more condensed. So, you know, we'll have like six weeks to do a strategy sprint that Deloitte would have spent six months on. But I also mean pace in that people just wear more hats. There's less overhead on the teams. In fact, there's very little overhead on our teams and people have to context switch and kind of jump from <laughs> ad hoc de facto role to ad hoc de facto role. And it, it just feels like everything's moving a million miles an hour. And some people thrive in that environment and some people don't. And they do think the people that come out of consulting tend to be in the thrive camp, but it is different. And I tend to explicitly ask people when I interview, I tend to say, hey, this is what working at an agency like this is like. Does that appeal to you or are you looking to slow down? Because a lot of people leave consulting looking to slow down. Can you tell us what field is and the types of clients you work for? I know that we've been talking about the organization here a bit, but want to dive into exactly what you all do, the specific types of clients you work for. And then after that, be curious to walk through your career path because I know you started as a senior product manager. You moved into a lead product manager position and now you're a director of product. So I want to get some color around what the responsibilities of those different roles are. Yeah, sure. So kind of history of Fueled. So Fueled was founded in 2008, right around the genesis of the App Store. And because of that, a lot of the initial engagements that Fueled worked on were really building these sort of first-to-market V1 mobile experiences for consumer-facing brands. So a lot of companies that had a website and a brick-and-mortar presence, but were kind of looking around and saying, oh, you know, all my competitors are getting apps. I want an app too. 
Initially, we actually operated in a kind of a venture capacity. So we'd work for a mix of cash and equity. We no longer do that. Although occasionally we will offer sort of a small percentage of contract value as equity as, as really just a way to show certain clients that we're excited about that we're in it with them and we're invested. So that has changed. But what has not changed is sort of the foundational fueled buyer. We still work with a lot of growth stage consumer facing brands. So I think if you looked at our website, it would say, you know, we build digital experiences or, or something like that. But fundamentally, what we do is we come in, we tackle a problem with sort of our, I talked about the design sprint, with our strategy and research phase. We do a lot of customer research. We will design a solution, we will build it, and we will launch it. So we really build a lot of digital experiences that often manifest as products. And I would say our bread and butter to this day is still mobile apps. But we do do a lot of web, a lot of hardware stuff, AR, VR stuff. You know, for a while, we're doing quite a bit of crypto and, and blockchain stuff, more AI and ML stuff in the past year or two. So, you know, cool, fun, interesting experiences for these consumer facing brands. As time went on, I think we started working less with venture backed startups and more with, I don't want to call them enterprise companies, but, you know, the Victoria's Secrets and the Cliniques and the Six Flags are the ones I mentioned of the world who have a pretty large customer base and are launching these products to quite a few people. We also do a little bit of growth and growth is a, a pretty ambiguous umbrella term, but it's something that personally I'm pretty passionate about. So I think is worth calling out. So this really just entails setting up the infrastructure such that we can enable our clients and ourselves as we continue working on these products to make data-driven decisions about product, about business, about marketing spend. So this often looks like putting an analytics tool in place, maybe an A-B testing strategy, maybe some automated messaging lifecycle campaigns. Really, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And it's a way to kind of hit your customers with the right experiences at the right time to do things like optimize revenue or retention or engagement or LTV. And then I think the second part of your question was getting at my personal career trajectory. So we talked a lot about Deloitte. So I started at Deloitte. Then I went to sort of a smaller agency, then another smaller agency. And then I landed at Fueled. So I joined as a senior product manager because at that point I had, I don't know, call it maybe five years of product management experience. And I came in and I did sort of a few things that I think helped me succeed in that role. The first was I noticed that the company wasn't actually doing user research in a meaningful way. So the product managers at the time would conduct a few user interviews, do sort of a light competitive audit, but we really weren't tapping into the potential value add that, that research brings to the table. And we really weren't gathering these quantitative and qualitative insights and injecting it into our design and product decision-making process in the way that we could have been and, and frankly should have been. So I started just, you know, reading, taking a course, testing a whole bunch of tools. I, I was pretty involved in pitching and, and sales at the time. So just started kind of like softly testing out different ways to position and, and price the offering and basically wound up building out a user research practice and a user research team, which is now you know still part of the product management team and under the product umbrella. And then, you know, as a lead, I kind of continued working as an IC product manager, had sort of a small team of direct reports, kept building out user research, was also building out that growth practice that I mentioned earlier. So, you know, that didn't exist at Field either, but I had seen that in action at the agency I was at prior and I knew how valuable that was 
not only to clients in the short term, right, to provide them with the data they needed to make decisions about how to keep their product healthy, if you will, and, and to help it scale with their business. But it was also really, really key to extending the length of our client relationships. You know, otherwise we sort of found ourselves in these situations where it's like, okay, you know, you needed a product. We came in, we built the product, we launched the product. Now what? This gave us a really good reason to sort of stick around and continue these partnerships. And then I moved into the director role about maybe three and a half years ago. And since then have been leading a team of product managers and as I mentioned, user researchers and strategists. Jessica, thanks so much for walking us through not only your time at Deloitte, but post Deloitte and sort of the intricacies that go into the product world and product strategy specifically. Before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to leave our audience? Yeah. One thing I'll say actually that I think I would have loved to know like seven or eight years ago. So Fueled right now is actually at an interesting inflection point in terms of our company growth. We're, we're looking to make a few acquisitions over the next few years. We're sort of really leaning into some pandemic fueled growth that we've seen recently. And the product managers that I have hired for my team over the past several years do not have the background that I have, right? They're not agency and consulting people. I kind of look for people with experience at companies like Spotify and Airbnb and sort of our, our aspirational clients, if you will, because they come in with really niche and interesting experience and expertise. And it just leads to a very well-rounded team. But I will say now that, again, at the company level, we're sort of thinking about our strategy and where we should expand and how we should position ourselves and what we should be thinking about operationally as we gear up for some pretty hefty organic growth. I'm using sort of the learnings and the skills that I would attribute to my consulting years more than ever. And I have sort of noticed that people who do not have this background don't really know how to think about or approach problems like these. So that has just been sort of an interesting light bulb moment for me, which was even if you find yourself post-consulting in a non-consulting role, right? Like me, where I'm building all of these products for like SoulCycle and The Gap and Hamilton and Pizza Hut and, and companies that don't necessarily seem like I would tap into my Deloitte expertise. When you kind of take a step back from that more narrow task at hand and what your actual job is and think about the strategy of sort of the company you're at, I think there's a lot of transferable skills there. And it's, it's something that, frankly, like I had never really thought to do until I found myself in a position where I was being encouraged to do so. That's really helpful insight as well, Jessica. Thank you for that. And appreciate the anecdote itself. I think it's really helpful for folks who are listening to this so that they can understand exactly what your world looks like. Yeah, definitely. Definitely.